You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Who's, who's familiar with Jesus' account with a woman at the well? Is anyone familiar with that? For those who maybe Christianity is, is not something that you've been familiar with, there's a story that Jesus tells about this woman who comes to the well at an unusual time in the day. There's so many other unusual things about it, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about that in a little while. But basically, this woman is not at all valued at all in her society. She is an outcast in her society, and yet Jesus treats her in such a way that shows who he is, what he's about, and what his kingdom coming is going to look like for people such as her. And it's really good news. So we'll um, get into that in a minute. But the thing about this encounter is it is truly powerful. It's one of those, it's one of those scriptures that every time I read it, I just kind of get all emotional. Does anyone else get emotional when they read that? It's from John 4, 4 to 42. And it's, it's full of amazing lessons about who Jesus is who Jesus is, what he entered earth to do, and the great news for us, what we can know and enjoy personally if we trust in him and seek out relationship with him ourselves. It's really good. And there's so many aspects of what Jesus says and does in this one particular account that quite literally you could explore it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and you wouldn't exhaust all the gold within it. So many powerful, deep spiritual lessons and today, what I, what I really felt God leading me to, to share about today is that God actually wants to remind us through experiencing the Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well, he wants to remind us of this simple but powerful life-changing truth. God loves us and desires us despite our sin and brokenness and will do anything anything to see us draw near to him and be set free. That's what God wants to say to each of us today. And so rather than me reading through this passage and and sharing it, I just thought that we could actually watch this passage play out. We're going to watch this passage play out so that you can actually feel the the weight of what's going on here. So you can feel the, the emotion, the the, the human sort of element to what Jesus is actually doing as he's ministering to this woman in this passage. And not just so we can go, wow, that's really powerful, so that it can have a personal revelation for us as well. So that not only do we see this truth played out and go, that's incredible, but we actually feel it and personalize it for ourselves. Yeah? So the chip we're going to, the chip, the bit sleep-deprived, apologies for that. The clip that we're going to watch today is actually taken from a series called The Chosen. Now, if you have never seen The Chosen, I want you to get out your phone right now and go to your app store and download it right now. I, who would have thought a pastor would say that, hey? Get out your phone and download The Chosen. But seriously, I want to encourage you to do that. The Chosen has very much brought a new passion to my faith walk. Uh, that, that, you know, is, is really exciting. And I know that from 
this series, so many people's lives have been transformed. So many people have heard the gospel and those who have been Christian for a long time have developed a new passion and love for the gospel. So it's free, doesn't cost a, a thing. You can, though, pay it forward so that they can continue to film subsequent series all about the life of Jesus Christ. So not just a movie length, but like a Netflix series. And they, they're hoping to do about eight seasons, I believe. So they're almost finished season two, which is really cool. But anyway, so we're going to watch a clip from The Chosen around the woman on the well, at the well. And I just want to acknowledge and thank The Chosen for giving us permission to show this as part of our service today. We love what you do and we really appreciate it. So how about we pray and just before we watch this scene together. Father God, we thank you that we can learn so much from your word. We learn so much from reading your word, God. We, we are just in awe of the love that you have for all people, not just some, not just some who come to church and do Christian stuff, but Lord, your love extends to every single person, whether they know it or not. And Lord, this story, this account from Scripture reminds us of this truth, that your love is relentless, that there is nothing Nothing at all that will ever, ever, ever stop you from pursuing any person at all with your love. So God, we pray today as we now just sit and pause and take in and experience this, this encounter with Jesus and this woman, Lord, that we would be blown away and that we would receive deep heart revelation of this on a personal level because in the end, this woman could just as well be us. So we thank you, Jesus. Move powerfully, Holy Spirit, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's check this out. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. 
I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Wood. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him, even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it. In spirit and truth. Heart and mind. That, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong. When you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. 
Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him. Because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Your water! You forgot your um. Foxy, your man, you told me everything I ever did! <laughs> man, that messes me up every time I watch that. Don't you just love the way the chosen kind of illustrate Jesus' encounter with that woman? Isn't it? Isn't it incredible? Like, oh man, it's so powerful. Did you, did you actually like feel and experience this morning the love that Jesus had, the compassion that Jesus had? The, the way that even when she was trying everything to like nah, nip this in the bud, I'm done, I'm too broken, I, I have too much going on, you don't really know me, you don't want to have anything to do with me. And Jesus just kept going. He was, nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to stop him at all. It is so moving. You know, here's Jesus, a rabbi in those times. He breaks every single rule that he could possibly break to be there in that place right at that point in time with that woman. He broke every societal rule that there was for men and for rabbis and for women and for being in public and all that sort of thing. He just broke them all. You see, in Jesus' days, men just didn't meet with women alone, unless, of course, they were married to that woman. And so if men were meeting with women alone, it was likely that they were getting up to no good. That was the kind of culture that it was. It just wasn't done. And for Jesus to be seen as a rabbi with a woman, and in that society, that woman, 
who everyone in her society, they knew. They knew who she was. They knew her history. They knew her struggles. And they judged her horrifically for it. But he broke all of those rules to engage and love and offer genuine love to this woman. You know, for a rabbi, in many ways, to be seen alone with a woman would have been scandalous. Just, you, you wouldn't do it. And I was watching a sort of behind-the-scenes walkthrough with their director, Dallas Jenkins, and Jason Sabel. He's a, a messianic rabbi, so a, a Jew who believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And he was saying how they didn't kind of portray it to the degree that maybe they could have, but they were Jesus' rabble of disciples coming up to meet with him. Chances are they would have been super angry at Jesus as they approached. And they're like, what is he doing? Jesus, you haven't even revealed yourself as the Messiah yet. And you're already going to discredit yourself by being seen with a woman in the middle of the day. Like, what on earth are you doing? You're going to risk it all? Just to chat with some lady? Like this is the kind of this is the kind of culture that they were in. But this didn't stop Jesus. It didn't stop Jesus. He wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned at all. Seeing the woman at the well as a woman who desperately needed him. He knew. He knew she desperately needed him. He pursued her and reached out in love to set her free. That's what Jesus did. And, you know, in Jesus' day, not only was it unusual for men to be seen with women alone, it was unusual for women to be alone, just anywhere. It wasn't kind of the done thing, especially in a public place like a well. Because historically, women, that was the place to be for women in society. That was like the local coffee shop or the nail salon in our times, you know? It was the time to go and hang out, have some chit-chat, get together, have a good time. It was a place to to share the latest news and all that sort of thing. And here was this woman in a public place where other women would normally be at the right time of the day, meeting in the middle of the day. So it wasn't kind of the the done deal. And Jesus, you, you read it in passage, we saw it there. He said, oh, why are you out at this time? Why are you out at this time? Because normally women would meet together in the cool of the day, at the start of the day, have their chat, catch up, social get together, draw their water for the day, and then head back to the cool of their homes. But here she is in the blazing sun in, in a very hot part of the world, uh, drawing water from the well. So the fact that she was alone and drawing water at this time of the day was a big red flag to anyone in those times. It's a big red flag. Something's going on with this woman. There's a reason she's here by herself. Maybe I shouldn't actually be seen with her. Like that would have been the, the sort of normal thing. And yeah, because of the life she'd led, she had become somewhat of an outcast in her society. She was looked down upon and she was treated with genuine disdain by her own people. And like I said, this woman was a woman who everyone knew was the kind of person who regularly was doing things wrong. You know, she went about things the wrong way. She had multiple husbands and as Jesus so so lovingly put, like didn't you love how they portrayed that? He said, "Yeah, you've had five husbands and the sixth man you're living with he's not actually your husband." He didn't say 
the sixth man you're living with, you're living in sin and all this sort of stuff. He just, he just said the truth in love. And yeah, so she, she was someone who in society's eyes was regularly getting up to no good. She was socially and emotionally isolated because of her sin and she was forced to draw water in the heat of the day. But this didn't stop Jesus. This didn't stop Jesus. This red flag, this stop sign for anyone else in society to even go and engage with this woman didn't stop Jesus. Knowing everything about her, because remember, he is God, so he he already knows. (laughs) Knowing everything about her, knowing the ins and outs of all her sin and all her brokenness and hurt and social and emotional isolation, what does Jesus do? He pursues her. He pursued her and reached out in love to set her free. You might have picked up, and if you've ever read the passage before, you'd see this little thing going on between Jews and, and Samaritans and some of the things that the woman says. That Because it was true, in, in Jesus' time, Jews and Samaritans just didn't get along. Actually, to say they didn't get along would be understating their kind of interactions. They, there was genuine hatred between Jews and Samaritans. In Jesus' day, it was common. Get this. So the, the quick way to get from Jerusalem to other common places in those times was to go through Samaria. But what did Jewish people more often than not do? They actually took the long way just so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. This is how much they had hatred for the Samaritans. And sadly, as a result of their kind of hatred, it was a reciprocal thing. The Samaritans hated the Jews as well. There was such animosity between the Jews and Samaritans. And like Jesus and the woman were talking about, the Jews believed God was to be worshipped only in the temple in Jerusalem. Whereas the Samaritans were like, well, we've always worshipped God on this mountain, so we can still worship him here because we're not even allowed into your temple. Like you say he's to be worshipped here, but we can't go in there, so we're going to keep worshipping here. And that, that also caused friction between them. But here's the thing. Jesus knew all this. He knew what was socially acceptable. He knew what was done in his day, but it didn't stop him. It didn't stop Jesus at all. Jesus chose to travel to Samaria. Jesus chose to sit down and rest at that well. And he chose, and, and I, I, I believe you know, that he actually chose to go through Samaria for that, that being one of the purposes um, you know, I believe that, that he did that. To, he chose to engage with and genuinely value someone who in all reality was seen as his enemy, someone who was an enemy to a Jew and was not, by all rules, by all society's sort of rules, was not even worthy of, of a hello as he went past, let alone his genuine care and concern. But Jesus pursued her and he reached out in love to set her free. No, friends, Jesus loved her and desired her despite her sin, despite her brokenness. And he did every single thing he could in that brief encounter to see her draw near to him and to be set free. Did everything he could. And see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, friends. The love that Jesus had for this Samaritan woman is the exact same love that he has for all of us. 
The love that Jesus had for this Samaritan woman is the exact same love that he has for you. Do you hear that? Like, hear it, but really hear it in your heart. You know, God loves you. God desires you despite your own sin and brokenness. And he will do anything, anything at all. He will stop at nothing to see you come to him and be set free. That's the kind of God that I know. And that's the kind of God that wants to know you as well, if you don't know him as yet. You know, Jesus will stop at nothing to see you enjoy intimate, close relationship with him, where it's not just like, oh, yeah, there is a God. Here's the thing, if you're seeking today, it's not like God is just a God who created stuff and then left us to our own devices. It might feel like that at times. I certainly have wondered at times as I see suffering in the world and all the brokenness, but God is a God who has created all these things that aren't going the way that he plans, but desires you. He desires relationship with you. He desires to know you and to welcome you into his family. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't even have family of your own. Well, God wants to be your father. That is who he wants to be. And he will be a father to anyone who would reach out to him in faith. You know, Jesus will stop at nothing to see you enjoy that kind of close relationship and it's a continual pursuit, continues to reach out in love and desires to set you free. Now, sometimes, maybe this has just been my experience. Maybe there's something, I don't know, not quite right with me. Well, there's definitely something not quite right with me, but um, <laughs> all of us. That's right. Thanks, Russell. I appreciate that. You know, the, nothing. This is, this is the thing. Sometimes we, we kind of go, well, yeah, well, that's good for her. Yeah? Well, that's really good for them. But you don't know me. You don't know what I have done. You don't know the burdens that I carry each and every day. You know, there's no possible way that, that Jesus would want anything to do with me because you just have no idea. Has anyone ever been in a place like that before? Maybe you kind of think that, well my sin or, or this thing that I'm struggling with or maybe some regrets or burdens or unforgiveness or whatever it is that I've experienced, these things just will mean that I can never really be close to God. Can I tell you today, friends, that that is a lie of the evil one? That is just, there is no truth in that whatsoever. The truth is, the truth is that there is nothing there is no sin, there is no burden, there is no brokenness that is too hard for Jesus to bear. There is no place that you've ever been that Jesus will not want to help you come from in order to be free in him. There is absolutely nothing at all that could ever separate you from Jesus' love if only you'd reach out to him. That is true. And nothing... None of those things, no matter what it is. And believe me, if you could like read my life story and all the crazy stuff that I've done and all my sin and brokenness, you'd probably be like, far out, our pastor's messed up. <laughs> yeah, you know, but the reality is there is nothing that will ever turn God off pursuing you. 
God has a relentless love, an unfailing desire to see all people come into relationship with him and be truly free. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. Just like he knew everything about the Samaritan woman. He knows everything you've ever done. He knows all of your struggles. He knows all of your sins. He knows the incredible heavy burdens that you are carrying right now, even today. He knows. As Psalm 94 verse 11 says, God even knows your thoughts. Jesus knows. He knows and he sees us just as we are. And he accepts and he loves us just where we are too. That's the good news. Jesus knows and sees us just as we are and he accepts and loves us right where we are too. And while he approaches us with arms of love and and beckons us to just come and be in relationship with him just as we are, here's the thing about God. He doesn't want us to stay there. You know, this woman at the well, she, she was welcome to Jesus. Truly, you are the Christ, she says. She knew who he was. He's the Messiah. He is the one we've been waiting for. She knew. She accepted Jesus for who he was. And the beautiful thing is that no doubt, as, as, as the love of God continued to flood into her heart, as she processed that encounter with Jesus, no doubt would have got into an early church of followers of, of him and all that sort of thing, her love and character and life would have been radically transformed. There is no doubt about it. You could not have an encounter like that and not be transformed, yeah? And that's the thing. Jesus loves us too much to see us staying in places of bondage and brokenness. He loves us too much to see us staying in a place of bondage or feeling that sense of overwhelming brokenness. Jesus is in the business of setting people free. You know, he wants to see us, like the woman at the well, become truly free as we release whatever the burdens are that we're carrying and we place our trust in him. And the thing is, maybe you're here today and you're longing, you're you're feeling weighed down. You're feeling like there's this weight of burdens of could be anything, you know. We all carry burdens from time to time, but I, I get the sense there's people here today if, who are feeling actually overwhelmed with burdens today. And you know, you might be here and, and you might be, maybe you're, you're seeking out whether Jesus is who he says he is. Maybe you're, maybe you're even an atheist and you just, for whatever reason, thought you'd come to church and, and check out what's going on. Can I encourage you that Jesus actually wants to see you free in life. And you might think, well, yep, I don't think I'd be free if I was with Jesus. But the reality is freedom is found in no other place but Jesus Christ. And if you are in that place today, all all you need to do quite literally is to reach out to him and invite him to to have his way in your life, to, to say, all right, God, if you're real, will you show yourself to me? I guarantee you pray that prayer. He will. And maybe we're here, some of us, and we've been Christian for many, many years, but for whatever reason, right now, at this point of time, in our faith walk, we are just feeling weary. We are feeling burdened. We are feeling the weights of 
our own sin or the sins of others and the effect that that's had on us or whatever it is, I believe that Jesus wants to set us free today. Jesus wants to take us to a deeper level of freedom in him. And so I want to invite anyone who would like some prayer right now just to come forward. Maybe, maybe you're coming forward for the first time and you want, to, you want to receive Jesus. I'd love to pray with you and introduce you to him. Perhaps you're, you've been a Christian for a long time, but for whatever reason you've kind of gone a little bit cold in your faith and you just want to get, get right and release all these other things that have been stopping you to him into his care so you can be free. I'd love to pray with you if that's you as well. And if you're, if you're here and you've you're been a Christian for a long time but you're just feeling weighed down, come and be free today. Come and be free today. Jesus wants to set you free. So maybe if we can just have John, you can come and play while, while we have a time of prayer ministry. That would be wonderful. So feel free to, to come forward and um, I will pray for you. It's so good to be free, isn't it? What an incredible, what an incredible God we serve. What an incredible Jesus who relentlessly pursues us despite our sin and brokenness and desires to extend that hand of love grace to us and wants to set us free continually. What a beautiful thing that is.